February 9th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the Bible in the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. We'll see here that life presents us with many opportunities. How we respond to them depends on what we love and what we look for in life. The Jewish leaders looked for opportunity to destroy Jesus, while at the same time Jesus was anticipating the opportunity to obey his Father and bring him glory. Mary used the opportunity she had for expressing her devotion to Christ, but Judas used that same opportunity to criticize her. The nothing given in love to Jesus is ever wasted. Judas was the one who ended up wasting his entire life. Jesus eagerly anticipated the opportunity to be with his disciples, even though he knew one would betray him, one would deny him, and all would forsake him. He sought to help them and prepare them for the trial before them. Peter missed his opportunities to become strong and be a victor. He boasted when he should have listened. He slept when he should have prayed. He fought when he should have surrendered and followed when he should have fled for safety. But when the opportunity came for him to repent, he wept. No matter what others did, Jesus was in complete command and knew how to make the most of every opportunity. Not as I will, but as you will. That's the secret. God will give you many opportunities today. Use them wisely. And now, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the Bible in the New Testament. February 9th, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for the right time and place to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover supper? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, the teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them, and prepared the Passover supper there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve disciples. While they were eating, he said, The truth is, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, one by one they began to ask him, I'm not the one, am I, Lord? He replied, One of you who is eating with me now, will betray me. For I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for my betrayer! Far better for him if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Teacher, I'm not the one, am I? And Jesus told him, You have said it yourself. As they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it in pieces 
and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which seals the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Tonight all of you will desert me, Jesus told them. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter, Jesus replied, The truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus brought them to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go on ahead to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he began to be filled with anguish and deep distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? Keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Again he left them and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away until I drink it, your will be done. He returned to them again and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went back to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Still sleeping? Still resting? Look, the time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. See, my betrayer is here. Talk from the subject, run after your destiny. Run after your destiny. Touch your neighbor and say, run after your destiny. Do not stroll, do not walk, do not meander, do not wander, but roll after your destiny. Remain standing. We're going to pray with you. Remain standing. We're going to pray with you. Why? Because you do have a destiny. Every one of you young people have a destiny. All of your parents have a destiny. I want to say to the senior saints, you have a destiny. If God was through with you, you'd be gone out of here. He kept you here because he's got something for you to do. And I want you to catch on fire about it. And I want you to get excited about it. And do not allow the cares of this world to 
destroy your passion for living. But run. Somebody shout run. Oh, you're asleep. Wake up in a minute. Somebody say run. Somebody shout run. Run after your destiny. It has something to do with how you attain it. You can't walk after it. You can't meander after it. You can't say, if the Lord means for me to be get it, he's going to give it to me. You never get anything like that. You have to run after it. Success is always intentional. I said success is always intentional. It's never accidental. Nobody gets a degree by mistake. Nobody wins the Olympics by mistake. Nobody runs a race by accident. Success is always intentional. For all of you who have lapsed back into a Neanderthal sleeping perspective and you've just gotten old and antiquated and tired, let me tell you, you, you think that prayer is going to bring your destiny into place? Let me tell you, baby, faith without works is dead being alone. You have to run after your destiny. Touch your neighbor and say, run after your destiny. And I want to say to you that if you run after your destiny, you won't have to fight with your history. You won't have time for your history if you run after your destiny. I want to wake you up out of struggling with old ghosts. Casper the friendly ghost is dead. I want you to shake yourself and understand it's time to run after your destiny. Everybody in the text is running. Mary Magdalene is running. Peter is running. The other disciple is running. Everybody in the text is running after their destiny. If they are running, why are you still standing there? If the women are running, if Peter is running, if the other disciple is running, then how can we be disciples and be standing still? Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to run. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us, anoint us, impassion us, emblaze us with the kind of thirst and hunger and excitement for you that we rebuke the spirit of religiosity, of form and fashion and routine and Sunday morning rituals. We're ready to have a fresh experience with God. Well, devilish Sunday morning, resurrection time. It's time for the glory of God to move in a supernatural way. You did what you could on Friday night, but it's Sunday and we're alive and well and ready to do what God called us to do. Bless, oh God, your people as I share the word today. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Psalm 31, verses 19 through 24. Your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection. Blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for He has shown me His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In sudden fear, I had cried out, I have been cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you faithful ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him. But He harshly punishes all who are arrogant. 
So be strong and take courage, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 14 through 26. Good advice and success belong to me, wisdom. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just laws. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search for me will surely find me. Unending riches, honor, wealth, and justice are mine to distribute. My gifts are better than the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth, for I fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning, before He created anything else. I was appointed in ages past, at the very first, before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains and the hills were formed, I was born, before He had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil.